and welcome back to Deja Vu, the show where we talk about films and their lasting impacts. I'm your host, Therese Canarns, and today I'm happy to announce that we have our first Deja Vu double feature. We're talking about the franchise that changed the game for animation and shocked pop culture, 2018's Into the Spider-Verse and this summer's sequel, Across the Spider-Verse. Here to talk to me about these wonderful films is our guest, Chess Cabrera. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Super excited to be here. Okay, to start us off, um, I wanted to ask you um, what your favorite animated films are and which films really intru- like in- influence your views on the medium. Okay, so like every kid that was born in the early 2000s, like Nightmare Before <laughs> Christmas and Coraline, True. like just like they were just so fun um, and then like we always had like the Disney which was more of like the two-dimensional animation mm-hmm. um, and like Tim Burton like came out with so many movies when we were a kid we also had Frank and Weenie yeah um, there was Paranorman like those movies were just like so cool because it was like everything else was like either like Disney like do hopper 2d animation of the, like the princesses right. which have their time and place and are amazing movies in the, and of themselves um but mm-hmm. like definitely nightmare before christmas paranorman Coraline. like i just loved all claymation of, yeah, yeah claymation like that's kind of we don't talk about that like at all today with these two movies but just like just all the variations of animation and everything right. that there is is just so cool did you ever watch like the i don't know if you celebrate christmas do you celebrate christmas uh mm-hmm. yes i do celebrate christmas um have you ever watched the um like the i think 1960s or 70s claymation um like santa claus is coming to town i like. think i have and then like you know also the little christmas movie of like you know like um Rudolph and stuff yes. like that. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that little guy. Yes, oh, it's I, such a cute movie. <laughs> I love those. Yeah, I I love I love claymation. I think it's so cool. I think it's such a fun way, and especially now that like there's the systems to like make it with the computers, right? Um, and it's not just that you know there is some artisan who has to sit and <laughs> smidge it every millimeter, and then it's like take a photo, move it, yeah, take a photo. But that also insanely cool medium, despite yeah. how hard it is. Um, and I think animation has really pushed us, like as a society. Um, <laughs> we live in a society. We live in a society that <laughs> is so embedded in technology. But because of animation, I feel like other developments in technology that even have nothing to do with animation, like right. get to like develop and go forward. And mm-hmm. I think in the background, just like. How can that help animation? How can you add that to a little movie and make it super cool? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love claymation, and I like I love how claymation. Yeah, you said this. Like influenced animation now, mm-hmm. and that we have things that look like it. Um, but let's get into what we're here to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. Into the Spider Verse, I think personally is a cultural landmark for a generation. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Where it, like I feel like it marks the moment where the medium and like the standards around it increase like dramatically Absolutely. because of this movie. Um, you're very emotionally interested in this film. I am so emotionally interested in this film. <laughs> um, I love Spider Man. Um, it's like I've got one of those comic book dads. Yeah. You know? Like my dad's big one was Iron Man, and then oh like God. you know the Iron Man movies came out when I was in like third grade. Yeah. Um, but also like. 
by the time I was like 16, I think we had three Spider-Mans. Yeah. And like that was the freaking coolest because like all of them had sequels. We had like, you know, Venom again, mm-hmm. animation and the live action movie. Yeah. Um, so Spider-Man has always just been like the coolest like superhero character also because exactly. all of his comics were so vast yes and like there I was just so Spider-Man. many different editions of peter parker and yes. all like the spider-mans who weren't peter parker which we get into in this in both movies yeah that's the whole point yeah um and then it's just it's he's such a sick-ass hero and you think like oh he has the powers of a spider oh <laughs> he can sense danger and like he sticks to buildings you yeah. can swing a little bit. How cool is that? And then it's the coolest freaking thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I yeah, I love Spider Man. I was a my dad is a comic book dad, and um, but I'm also just a comic book dad in my own way. Mm-hmm. I love Spider Man. Spider Man's definitely my favorite. And um, I thought okay, because I don't know if you read like the Marvel Ultimates, which is where M- Miles Morales comes from, mm-hmm. but those comics are terrible. Like, they're <laughs> awful, but like, he's like the only good part of those comics. I love when like producers go like, that was a cool concept. We can save that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, what was, what, was a, what was a moment that really struck you about this? Ooh. I think one of the biggest things about what the Into the Spider-Verse and Across the Spider-Verse movies really means to me is, like, diversity. So, mm-hmm. and, like, but also portraying that in ways more than just, like, the races of all the different Spider-Men. Right. Um, and, you know, the fact that we have Gwen Stacy. Like, also just seeing, like, diversity in, like, how they're represented and their yeah. different illustration styles and still honoring that as part of their identity and, like, their stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and getting to see all those different types of, like, artisanal styles, like, interact on screen together because, like, that's usually not something you see unless it's, like, a Cartoon Network crossover. Right. And then it just felt like a movie of a Cartoon Network crossover, but it's all Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone is Spider-Man. Everyone is Spider-Man. And then I, so, that's, you know, one of the most striking and, like, most important pieces. And, like, what I find to be some of the most thrilling, like, besides just, it also has a great freaking plot. Yeah. Um, And, like, action sequences that you're actually interested in. And I love the pacing of the movie. Yes. Um, I feel like they really knew what they were doing. They knew how important like that this it's almost like yeah almost like they knew how important it would be for animation mm-hmm. and like i think movies in general um yeah i think oh i think it it made um i think it made people who were animation skeptical like mm-hmm. um like a lot of adults think it's for kids mm-hmm. i think this movie really pulled it up where now adults are going to see these movies not just cuz they're going with their kids Absolutely, absolutely. And I, yeah, it, like we were saying before, like it really changed the culture yeah. of animation because, again, like the only things that we, we had were like, you know, the ones that came out when we were kids, you know, yeah. like our Disney princess ones that are just like, you know, ones that we love. And yes, adults will watch them, but they're watching it for the nostalgic factor. Right. Now for Christmas and Coraline, those are, you know, kids' movies. And like while they do stand the test of time, you know, you're going to watch Night Before Christmas every Christmas every and every Christmas. Halloween. <laughs> It's a perfect Thanksgiving movie if you really think about it. It is a perfect thing. This okay. This is what I've always said about <laughs> not to like derail. Um, we encourage derailing here, but um, 
uh, Nightmare Before Christmas is so a Thanksgiving movie because it's both, like, yeah, it's both a Halloween and, like, Christmas theme, but do you know what also is a Halloween Christmas theme? November. Yeah. Just because, <laughs> like, are you the person who's still holding on to Halloween? Are yeah. you the person who immediately put up your Christmas tree on November 1st? Yes. And, like, all of you guys, and, like, those two very different people are both neighbors, and then it's, like, the people in the middle who are like, oh, by the way, there's yeah. a holiday about food in between. It's obviously more than just about food, but it's a terrible holiday. No, it's about food. That it's now about food in Amer- for American culture. I like to believe it's only about food. <laughs> I would like to believe that, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, because I, I think no one, I don't know if, like, people out of the three holidays get the most hype for Thanksgiving, if you are that person, that's kind of weird. I don't know. It's kind of weird. I mean, like, <laughs> I do get that excited, but solely because... But you're because not the most excited about it. I'm, I'm excited for my mother's cooking. I'm excited for, like, <laughs> a specific, like, ethnic, like, food, like, Puerto Rican food that she makes called Benid. And Ooh. it's just, it's a lot of work to make. Mm. So I only get it at Thanksgiving. But that's, like, the only reason. Yeah. You know? Besides that, like, it's weird to get excited about it. Um... <laughs> But what's not weird to get excited about is diversity in film. And they also, like, brought that really into, like, the second film. Yes. Too, of, like, really showing, like, diversity. And then I felt like it really showed, like, the film industry that, like, we want stories about people. And that's, like, we can sit there and we can say that we don't want just the cis, straight, white male perspective that we've had this entire time. Yes. Or, like, you know, like, even, like, oh, our female perspective chick flicks. Like, those Mm -hmm. need to be, you know, accredited for what they are and that they are, they're diverse from what films have always have been, which is just, like, the film bro. Yeah. (laughs) kind of aesthetic um but i feel like with like into and across the spider-verse like you have a lead and it is an afro-latino teenage boy right and then but also you can say like oh yeah he's from the city like you know a lot of kids will see themselves in that with like you know that's a little bit of stereotyping but also he's like a well-off Spider-Man. Yeah. Miles Morales is the most financially stable yeah. Spider-Man out of, like, all of them. <laughs> yeah, literally. He has... He goes to private school. Goes to private school. His parents can afford him art supplies, and they don't really blink. They're like, oh, well, you know, your grades are good, so I guess. Yeah. yeah. You can do art. Like, he has both parents. No other Spider-Man has both parents. Yeah. Um, He... And it's, like, showing these stories. And then it's also, like... There's not, I can't name any other movies off the top of my head that are about Hispanic teenage boys Mm -hmm. and just them, like, existing in their lives. You know, we have that for plenty of white teenage boys. Right. We don't really have that for, like, a Latin lead. Mm -hmm. Um, And they also, like, they have, like, a Spanglish-speaking lead and then you know also representation for uh us hispanics who don't speak spanish yeah (laughs) um and are a bit too americanized and how you know we have little bits of our culture and we're trying our best yeah um you know like that's also super important you don't really get to see that a ton with any of the other spider-men until Mm -hmm. um you know the second movie when you get to oh my god what is his name pavateer we haven't really seen a lot of like diverse teenage boy like leads i think like ever mm-hmm. um so that was miles and then in the second movie when we get privateer yeah um who 
is also like one of like the most like stable Spider-Man. We don't yeah. really get to into. He's so his, iconic. He is so iconic. <laughs> he's so much fun and like he does it all. He truly, he he's truly does it all. I get that Miles ruined his canon event. Oh, also by the way, spoilers. This entire podcast is spoilers. Oh yeah, that's okay. I'm so inconsistent with my spoiler warnings. Um. <laughs> But if you're if you're a listener by now, you should know that it's a spo- it's a movie review podcast. It is a movie review podcast, <laughs> and we're talking about like the implications. We're also talking about like arguably the biggest movie of the year. So <laughs> I'm sorry if you haven't watched it yet. That's um, kind of your fault. <laughs> it is your fault. You needed to have gone and seen it because yeah. truly biggest movies of the year: Barbie, Oppenheimer, Spider Verse. Yeah, pick your three. If yeah, you, you should have chosen all three. Yeah, um, literally. Yes. Spoiler warning. Um, Miles ruins his canon event. That's a pretty big thing about the movie yeah. in general. And you know what? Since we're going full for the spoilers now, I guess. They had... It was the coolest villain. It yeah. was the coolest villain. And I remember watching one of the interviews afterwards where they were saying that, like, Spot was, like, the lamest, vic- like, villain. I don't think he was the lamest. I just think that there was a little bit of um, congestion with Spot and then, um, oh, my God, I'm forgetting his name. Um, He's in charge of the Miguel, Miguel O'Hara. Yes. Him. He, with with Spot and then Miguel and then um, going at the end to alternate universe Miles Mm -hmm. where he's the prowler. Like, I think all of that, like, kind of made it so that way he might have been, to some people, not me, I thought he was so, I thought he was so great, but um, some people, or some reviews might be saying, like, he's the weakest. Yeah. They were saying that he was weak in the comments, in the comics where, like, they were taking him from, and then, like, didn't really take his, like full potential mm. um and then so like that's why they wanted to do it and that's where they really got this like alternate universe idea and i mm-hmm. thought the movie did it beautifully yeah of sh- ways to take us through all of the different universes that everyone is from um the significance of miles being bitten by an alternate universe spider yeah um and just like again a teenage boy who did not ask for any of the things that are happening to him yeah uh, yet here he is, and then like stuck at the end, hunted. Yeah, and like not even in the right universe, and there's already another him. Yeah, like the insane way to end the movie. I watched it with my closest friend, and we were like holding on to each other. Oh my god. Um, just like I was like how, and I was like how are they gonna wrap this up and like. 30 minutes and then the movie ended and I was so pissed I I love when a movie actually has you invested like that so well I work at a movie I work at Regal at home Mm -hmm. and so I know how long every movie is because of like when we clean Mm -hmm. so going in to see um across the spider-verse like I knew how long it was supposed to be so we're it's getting to like like 20 minutes before the movie's supposed to end and I'm like what what like How? there's a, What's there's a lot of things happening here they're going to leave a lot of questions unanswered yeah, and, and then and then they did <laughs> and then they were like to be continued and then it was just like oh, how dare you do that to me but like i i haven't seen any cultural like reaction like that of uh-huh. just like oh my god we just got dropped into a to be continued since like 
Twilight with like the Breaking Dawns, but like oh, you knew yeah. that you were having two Breaking Dawns because the first one was literally called Part One. Right. Um, but to have a movie that like doesn't have like a book series and a very strong fandom mm-hmm. behind it. Not that the first Spider Verse movie didn't curate a you know a pretty big fandom yeah. and like you know like even like casual fans. Yes. But like Twilight could do whatever you know harry potter you can have the last movie be into right for across the spider-verse to just drop you like that and just know that they still have their audience wrapped around their finger rather than just like disappointed yeah insane and like it really goes to show like what it really means for animation right um and what it means to their fans yeah everyone like i don't think anyone left the theater really like pissed that it was over the way it was it felt like everyone was just hyped to see the next one yeah that's yeah that's exactly how it felt like you know obviously you had your mini heart attack of like what what do you mean yeah (laughs) but also like there was no way that they were gonna wrap that in that time frame right it's now exciting because it's like we now have a new movie to look forward to and there's so much Mm -hmm. to go into for the next movie there is the miles prowler and everything that you know like it that it's gonna juxtapose and it's gonna start right off with the miles prowler thing yeah um it was it was the coolest truly these were the coolest movies i loved across the spider-verse almost they're truly neck and neck for me of like because these movies are so good. Because, like, obviously, Across the Spider-Verse is nothing without Into the Spider-Verse. Right. But Across the Spider-Verse was so good. Yeah. Like, the Lego, like, sequence of, like, the Lego Spider-Man. That was so funny. It was so funny. Oh it was done by a 14-year-old. Really? Fan. It was done by a fan. Really? Um, That, like, they saw that the kid had done like a little trailer for the first one (gasps) and then so they found him online and they like brought him in um that's so cool also like granted this is something that's more about like film ethics but i still think it's cool even though it is disgusting there was multiple editions of the movies in theaters yes um, because of different renders yes Oh my, and and um, I don't know which one you saw, but at my um, theater we had the one where um, like there's the build up to Miguel like biting him, in the one opening sequence. Do you know which like Easter egg I'm talking about? It's the one, it's um in the in the sequence where, um Gwen and Miguel are fighting the vulture. That's like the, the yeah, like the build up to almost biting the vulture's yeah, neck, yeah. and then um, I also had the one because that's the one because what most people like had begun to notice yeah. was the way that when um, Miles is trying to like electrocute um, Miguel's suit or like taking his right. power out of his suit, yeah, um, and then people were noticing that the way that his suit deteriorated changed from movie to movie. Yeah. Um, like, you know, like artists who were going back to watch it again yeah. or like people who like, you know, pirated and recorded in the theater to post on Twitter, boo. which is like, boo, but also like helped show people of just like, wait a minute. Yeah. Why is this one like the glitch out? But this one kind of looks the same as like when you press your LED screen. Yeah. Um, and then I, I think mine was like TV static. Um, mm, that's cool. Like one of those 
ones. Because I remember seeing all the ones on Twitter and be like, I don't remember that. Yeah, and I would see, like, lines. Like, someone would post, like, oh, this was, like, the funniest line that Spider-Punk said. And I was like, I didn't, What? when did that happen? And it was just like, when, my hobie didn't say that. Yeah, no, I, I forget what it was specifically that he said that wasn't in all of them. Yeah, um, I'm sure, like, if we Google right now, Hobie changed line. Yeah. All right, for some reason, it just doesn't want to show. Oh man. It's just, like, showing us, like, basic stuff about, like, oh, who is Hobie. Who um, is Hobie And also, like, certain designs of, like, some of them you can see him better, some of them he's glitched out a bit yes. more. Yes, yes, I saw that, too. Um, um, some of them his design style is a bit more obscured and more punkish. Yeah. Some of them it's more like highlighting him and showing him yes. punk as in like putting like vibrant colors mm-hmm. on him. I think his art style is by far Love. the best one. No, it's Oh my. It's beautiful and the way he moves, the way that he moves and also the way that his hair moves yes. and you can tell that the animators took their time to actually study like black hairstyles cuz yeah. like even like cartoons that you watch like growing up as a kid yeah they just kind of were like here's some blobs that's black hair and then like don't study how it moves study how it's different you could see the difference yes in how you know every black character's hair moves in this film and everyone's different textures and you can actually like get the close-ups of those textures and i feel like they did a really good job and it means so so much to me as you can tell because i keep on talking about just like diversity (laughs) and showing it in all these different aspects but like it was the coolest and he was the coolest spider-man and then he he definitely was he has spikes on his he has spikes on his body he's got spikes on him oh my god he uses an electric guitar and also he is the realist because he shows miles how to electrocute and, yeah. like, absorb electricity. I didn't know spiders could do that. I think that's something they just randomly added. I'm with it, though. I like, uh, this is the last thing, because I want to talk about the first movie, because mm-hmm. we've been talking a lot about, which, about the second one. Which is perfectly fine. Um, last thing, quick. I love that throughout all the scenes where they're with, um, like, all the different Spider-Men, and mm-hmm. they're showing Miles around, where you can see in the background that Hobie's, like, grabbing all the stuff to make the other watch thing yes yeah you can like oh my god it's you so just, good it's such a good like they the attention to detail in in both movies mm-hmm. is so amazing oh. it's they're just such great movies and then yeah but like as we were saying before like the second movie could not be what it is without how amazing the first movie was yeah and uh, i will i like i still dream of that freaking um, the what's up danger scene. Yes. Um, cause you know, Twitter and Tumblr absolutely loved it. Yeah. And like, it has been wrought to filth of how important that scene is, but I'm just going to repeat it because it is. Yeah. But like him jumping off the building and then changing the perspective. Oh, I just got the chills again on my body. And just like <laughs> the music, you know, gets to that swell. Oh, it's and then, beautiful. Like the importance and it's like how it was like even like in the script and then it's like he's not falling, he is flying. Yes. And then it's like oh. actively inviting danger when you're like in the face of something that you've never encountered before, you don't know like if you can actually handle it, but knowing that you don't have a choice. 
Yeah. Huh. Oh. oh. Would you say that's your favorite moment in, I, I in think, that film? I think it was honestly, like, it was a personal peak. Like, yeah. you know, everything about that fight, like, you know, afterwards, like, it was such a good movie. It had so many moments, but then just, like, that swell and having that moment, it's yeah. just, like, as an audience member, you also feel like you can do anything. Yeah. Because it's, like, being courageous, even if, like, maybe, like, you shouldn't be. You yeah. should not be going as, like, headfirst, straight into danger as you can, but yeah. just kind of being like, well, that's what I'm doing now, and falling headfirst to yeah. the point that you fly. Yeah. It's the coolest moment, and then it's so emotional for a non-dialogue scene. Yeah. And then oh. I really appreciated how, especially the first movie, really brought, like, the music in the edit, yeah. like, forward. Because in, like, the way that, like, Baby Driver yeah. did. Yeah. Um, of just like all like those sequences are timed with the music yeah it felt like bringing that music to the forefront to help tell your story without making it a music video which is kind of like what like the first suicide squad did oh oh yeah it was like that's a great example of like how music is is being used good and bad yeah yeah that's great it kind of made sense for the first suicide squad but it's like into the spider-verse did what like that was trying to do it yeah. was showing all the different ways and all the different levels to tell your story right through music um and like how these are deliberate editing choices yes um you know what's up david yeah i i just love i also love in the first one um where he puts on his headphones and um mm-hmm. it teaches you so much in like less i think it's less than a minute just teaches you so much about the character and shows you so much about like just the vibe of the whole story exactly and i it really did set the tone for the rest of the film and also like they kept it up like you know i didn't feel even in moments where like you know like the music's not like the most important part of like the scene yeah it still is a part of it and like the movie doesn't let you forget that that is something that's important i think that also goes back to like putting teenagers in the forefront of, like, treating them as, like, f- proper, full human beings, even though they're in the middle of figuring it out. Yeah. Like, you know. Because I, I think both of them also classify as, like, a coming-of-age story. They absolutely classify as coming-of-age story. Yeah. And, you know, like, the having adult responsibilities yeah. as a teenager, the responsibility of fighting crime and also having to keep your identity a secret because your dad also fights crime but does yeah. it in the legal way <laughs> and you're doing it in the more roundabout way yeah. and like all of that stuff um but it sets the tone of the film of like this is just a teenager and like yeah. he's just as vast as everyone else um so maybe i also have really strong feelings about this movie because it came out when we were teenagers right but you know it's kind of showing, like, just because something may be more infantile or a bit younger. Yeah. Um, you know, in perspective, like, always having your headphones in and always listening to your music, it doesn't make it less important. If yeah. anything, it should be just as important as anything else that's happening in the life. Yes, exactly. Oh, that, that was so well said. Um, and uh, finally, um, we have a staple on this show where mm-hmm. um, we talk about what your letterbox rating is for the movie, but I want to hear both, like, your... Rating out of five. Do you have Letterbox? I actually don't. Everyone uh, keeps on trying to convince me to get it, but if I should. did, I would maximum. Maximum for both. 
Maximum for both. Maximum. Five out of five. Five out of five yeah. for both. Um, eventually, I will get letterboxed. Everyone keeps on trying to convince me to do it. You when have to. You're in park. I'm in park, but it's like I've also <laughs> made it this far, and it's like I'm almost out. And I've, like, but it also might be a thing of just like you can't graduate until you make a letterboxed account. Yeah, that's actually a requirement for graduation. Watch, it's I'm going to check my degree works, and then it was like, um, <laughs> it says in your e-portfolio that you don't have a letterboxed account. Could you just do that for me real yeah, quick? Can you, can you just, like, make an account for me real quick? And, mm-hmm. and then it was your top five movies right now. And yeah, and it was just like, what are the ones off the top of your head? And I'm going to be like, into and across the Spider-Verse. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that's, like, all the time we have for today for our special double feature episode thank you so much for coming on the show Chess. of course i'm so happy that um you know i got to be here and i got to talk about spider-man yeah <laughs> um so uh tune in next week for another super special episode with a gem from 2023 teenage mutant ninja turtles but until then bye, bye. Check out theithican.org for more interesting and creative content. You can listen to any of the Ithacan podcasts wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at theithican.org.